Welcome back to Soul of a Warrior Podcast. This is your host, Morgan Pate. Today's episode is going to be called Baba Black Sheep. Okay, so have you ever heard the term scapegoat? Maybe you've been a scapegoat. You know of a scapegoat. Maybe you have no idea what that even means. I'd like to talk about it. But before I get into to this topic, I'd like to preface that I know a lot of people are scared to be vulnerable. A lot of people are scared to be, or, you know, open up and scared to be honest and really tell their stories and tell their experiences. And this is why I created this podcast. And I'd like to interview more people and have them open up about their experiences I'm extremely honest because that's how I like to be because I don't learn from others' mistakes by them, you know, covering it up, um, sugarcoating their experiences, right? I want to know the blunt, honest truth because that's how we can heal. That's how we can get better. The only issue with my experiences is that I really don't want to hurt anyone else. Like, how can I be open and honest on this platform, not knowing who's going to hear it, not knowing who's going to listen, and risk hurting people that I do care about, um, that do have lives, that do have feelings, you know? So that's the only thing that, that holds me back on some topics. If I didn't care about that, I would be completely transparent and opinionated and share every juicy detail. But, you know, I do have to consider others. So, scapegoating. What is scapegoating? What is a scapegoat? A person who is blamed for the wrongdoings, mistakes, or faults of others, especially for reasons of expediency. Whipping boy, a victim. Another definition, scapegoating is the practice of singling out any party for unmerited negative treatment or blame. Although in many cases, the scapegoat is an individual whether a child, employee, or peer, there are plenty of examples of ethnic or religious groups, divisions of a business, government departments, industry sectors, and even whole countries. Specifically, I'm talking about scapegoating within a family, family dynamic. For me, I would, I'd like to talk about it. This is my experience with it, being a scapegoat of a family, uh, the black sheep. And basically how I am as an adult and like the, the issues that I struggle with because of it and like how I'm healing. So what it looked like when I was growing up, it was... Being pinpointed for another person's negative behaviors or negative emotions 
saying that them them telling me as a child that I was to blame um, for their negative emotions, for their outbursts, for their childish uh, tantrums, even being a parent. And as a child, you internalize that. You internalize that and you think that you need to prove yourself to your parents. You you think that the message scapegoating sense is that you are bad. You are bad. Everyone thinks you're bad. Scapegoating isn't just between like a parent and you. The really hard thing about it is that an abusive or toxic person triangulates you and everyone else around you to believe this false accusation or false statement, whatever it is. Um, and so for me growing up, that would happen very frequently. I was the, you know, I had an older brother and then my parents. So I was the younger one, um, quite a bit younger, like five years younger. And I wasn't as smart. I wasn't as capable. I wasn't as um, experienced. I didn't know what I was doing. Like I had all these um, beliefs that they told me, you know, they they made me feel, they made me believe I wasn't enough. The thing is, (laughs) since a young age, I've had this like very crasp, honesty about me that I don't know. I don't know if that can be like a natural personality trait or not, but like from a young age being gaslit and scapegoated, um, it kind of made me look at these people and stand like stick up for myself. And, but you knew, you knew you could stick up for yourself too like who had authority over you and who didn't. And so uh, my parents, it was like, I, I listened because I knew that I could get into big trouble, right? So my grandma and my uncle and like other people that would just, that were toxic, that would lie and, and just say the most bullshit things, I would always call them out. Like always, because, you know, even as a kid, I'm looking at him like, you know, I don't believe you, right? Like you're a liar, you're lying. And even though I'm like eight or nine, whatever, like you're still full of shit. Okay. I, as a, but like, I couldn't say that to my parents. Right. (laughs) So, (laughs) but I have always been that way. Very crass, but very blunt. Always. Um, I tell it how it is. But with it being your family, it's hard because not only are they the authoritarians, they have full control over your life. They can punish you. Um, You can't get away from them, right? Like they they provide a roof over your head. They feed you. They clothe you. Um, You do what they say and you listen to them and... um, Like, I saw my parents as, like, they knew everything. 
like they were awesome and that's how i saw them like they could do no wrong but like growing up like getting a little bit older uh, i realized that they're extremely strict and the things that were being said and um, the situations within our house weren't normal and you know having friends that I, I would talk to about it and be like hey you know my mom I'm not I'm not allowed to do certain things I'm not allowed like someone always has control over me always um right so having parents like that and, and kind of talking with my friends being like hey like like, I'm not allowed to do these things. And they're like, gosh, why not? That doesn't make any sense. Like, why? Your parents are so strict for no reason. I was like, I know. I know. Right? But back to scapegoating. <sighs> scapegoating. One parent, toxic parent, throws a tantrum. Mom or dad. I don't know. I don't know. They're both kind of toxic. But uh, someone is mad. <laughs> For whatever reason, they react however they feel is appropriate, right? Which probably isn't. And they can't take responsibility for their actions, so they, they need someone to blame it on. They need someone to take accountability for their actions. Well, it can't be the golden child. It can't be my brother. It can't be the favorite, the firstborn, right? And my dad's more authoritarian, like, you don't cross him or he will hurt you. My mom just freaking makes a scene about everything. So who is it? It's it's probably the crasp, blunt child that's honest and tells it like it is because that's that's the one that everybody, you know. One parent gets mad and says it's, it's her fault um, because I'm mad. And I'm acting this way because she did this. And so no one wants to deal with her. Uh, I'm calling her out. <laughs> no one wants to deal with her tantrums. And so they. this is how she controls it, right? She says she's throwing a tantrum because Morgan did this. So my other parent is upset like he doesn't want to deal with the tantrum and the bullshit and so he's then he punishes me because she won't stop until he does she won't stop her tantrum and throw in a fit and make it a scene until he does something about it well the golden child <laughs> right it's not his problem either but he's dealing with it too he's dealing with her tantrum and and he's the same as as I am he believes everything that they say they're our parents and that's how it that's how it is you just believe everything your parents say and do and think that they know best so he believes my mom everything she's saying like he he believes whatever she's accused me of right so everyone's mad at me my dad gets in or uh, gets mad at me and, and I'm in trouble. 
So now do you see this triangulation? There's one parent, the bully, and then there's the kid. And then the parent that's mad triangulates the other parent, the authoritarian, to facilitate punishment. And the sibling to also turn their back on the other sibling. And that is scapegoating. The point is that usually the kid did nothing wrong. The kid is getting isolated by the family and punished for no damn reason. The whole family um, shows negative emotions toward this kid and makes him feel alone, makes him feel like they are bad. Nothing they can do or nothing they do is right. They aren't good enough. Okay, so growing up like that, constantly being that child, that was me. Am I feeling like the victim? No, I am not. I I have gotten away. Trust me, I am in a very good spot in my life. I, But I am here to educate and just talk about my experiences. My father, the authoritarian, that would do all the, you know, we were scared of him. We were always so scared of him, and my mom knew that. He was, he was a scary man. And you didn't, you did what you were told and, you know, you didn't question it. You didn't talk back. You didn't, because, you know, you saw, we saw his anger. We saw what he was capable of. Um, my dad worked out of town. It was just the three of us, my mom, my brother and I. This was a little bit different. My brother stepped in and try to fill that role. I felt like, uh, I think he was out of high school by that time, maybe early, early twenties. And my mom constantly wanted us to go do things. She said that she just wanted us to be a close family, wanted us to go do things. I think I was 17. It was like my senior year. We, this is a very, like, I'm giving examples that are just off the top of my head. Okay. These are not severe examples but if you just put all these examples into a perspective of it didn't just happen once or twice it was constantly a couple times a week for years and years and years and how that can impact a person okay so just think of it that way okay so I started dating this kid from another which would later be my ex-husband um so I started dating him he's from another town um, one time, we, the three of us, my mom, my brother, and I we went to the movies, and I rode up there with my mom, and we met up with my brother, and we picked my brother up, so we were all riding in the same vehicle. Well, when we got out of the movie, my boyfriend knew that we were seeing a movie, um, but I didn't invite him. I didn't, I didn't tell him to come. I didn't know that. He just... 17-year-old kid thought it would be sweet to surprise his, you know, new girlfriend. And um, he's with all his friends. They're 
they're my friends too, you know, and I was excited to see him, um, just young love. But my mom, my mom was not happy about it. <laughs> my mom said that I had plans for him to do that, that I didn't want to spend any time with her and that I facilitated um, a plan to get away from her because I didn't like her because I didn't want to spend time with her. So she has this paranoid delusion like a narcissist would, but I mean, who's, I'm not a doctor. I wouldn't know, right? And I asked her, she acted fine. I, she said, oh, he's, oh, he's here. I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, that's sweet. I'm like, hey, can I go with him? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Didn't know that she had this delusion. So maybe 30 minutes later, um, maybe not even that, like my, she dropped my brother off and she went home and my brother called me and chewed me out. Meanwhile, I was getting texts from her, like mean, angry texts, which happen frequently, um, chewing me out. And my brother said, I can't believe you treat mom like this. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, I didn't, I, I really didn't do anything. Mom said I could go. Like, I, I did everything I was supposed to do. I asked for her permission. She gave me permission. And like, I don't understand. This is from my perspective. I did everything right. Like, I I don't understand why mom's mad at me. I don't understand why you're mad at me. Um, mom said I could go. You, you know, you need to treat mom better. I'm like, okay. <sighs> That's scapegoating. Okay, or flying monkeys is another term. It's when a narcissist uses other people to do their dirty work. Um, so that's that's what that is. Just to educate everyone on that. And yeah, that was really... It's hard because like living with someone like that, they, they as a kid, they're like, yeah, yeah, you can do it. You know, everyone's... My boyfriend and all my friends, we, this is what we saw. Yeah, Morgan, go, go ahead, go have fun, have a great time. Bye, guys. It's so good to see you. What they're not seeing are the, the texts that I'm getting on my phone, like the angry, you know, you better be home by this time. And, you know, don't ask me for anything again. You, you know, just all these like threatening things. Okay, so then I get this call from my brother saying that I needed to treat my mom right. And, like, he he can't believe – or, yeah, yeah, he just he, – he can't believe that I would do that to her and, like, all this stuff. So, like, honestly – so right now, I'm 27, and I am recently estranged from my family. What does estranged mean? estranged means that you are cut off from your family that you have no contact um or even like very low contact with them there's you you basically don't want a relationship with them um 
the reason why I'm sharing this is because there's a lot of scapegoats that get guilted into staying in that toxic family dynamic. If you are and have been the scapegoat your whole life, you feel guilt and shame for trying to leave. I was able to join the military and I got a contract, you know, with a job to where I, that, that paid me well enough and I could kind of, that helped me, aided me to have my own life. I know it's going to be hard to, to realize that and to kind of wake up and, and have the courage to cut the emotional attachment strings that hold you to these toxic people. But I'm telling you, it is hard, um, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it not being around toxicity. And when you eliminate, you know, you take out the trash and eliminate those people, you're able to really sit in peace, live in peace in a household that there's no screaming and yelling and fighting and you're not constantly guilt tripped and blamed and all these things you could you can pick who's in your life, you can pick who's around you and oh it's so awesome. It's so great just to be able to have that control of your own life and no one's controlling you, right? But it also gives you a really great chance to heal, a really great chance to self reflect and to build these um, healthy connections with other people to where you know what real love feels like and you know like how to be respected. For me, coming out of that um, boundaries, my boundaries with people were very weak and I'm still working on that. And that just tells you how hard it is. Like, um, you want to please everyone because you don't you don't want to upset people. You want to please everyone because you don't want to get yelled at. You don't want to be triangulated or um, have these flying monkeys is what they call them. You don't want people to come out of the woodwork and, and scream at you and tell, tell you that you treated someone else bad because um, that person didn't have control over you, right? So like taking back your own control of your life, taking back control and choosing who's in your life, it's it's made such a difference for me. Boundaries, just working on boundaries and what I allow, what I don't allow and like self-respect is really huge. Um, and I talk about in a, in a couple podcasts, I talk about values, how values are your compass in life and how that navigates you. That's really helped me navigate trying to figure out what healthy boundaries are and how to make decisions based off my values versus making decisions based off what would make other people happy. Now, Scapegoating is such a toxic, toxic thing because it affects your whole life. 
Literally, I've spent my whole adult life trying to prove myself and not even being aware of it. Like I, on some level, I, I have been and, and I was, you know, even back then aware that I have this need to just prove that I am good. Um, it started in high school. Like I, you know, that's around your teenage years. That's when you develop independence and you develop your own sense of self. And um, I was made to feel like a bad kid all the time by my own family that I have this like innate sense to prove myself or to, to prove myself to them, prove that I'm good. Um, and it started in high school. It started, I didn't do anything. I didn't, I think I drank alcohol like once, <laughs> like I didn't do drugs. I just tried really hard to make my parents happy. And even then like, I got yelled at all the freaking time. It was like screamed at, right? And still, no matter what I did, I was still bad. Um, I joined the military and that was that was really good for me. Like I was really proud of myself because I, yeah, I was still doing it. And I was still proving, trying to prove myself. And so I worked really hard. Um, but it was different. People actually saw me. They saw the work I was doing and they they were like, wow, like you're 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 good, Morgan. And like that was such a validating thing that I needed to hear for so many years. Um I was really, you know, and even to this day, like I never got the validation that I really needed from my family. And everything like a a divorce, um, a breakup, or certain things like I failed a class, certain things like that. And it's like, I just needed this emotional support and validation. Like, you're not bad. Like, you're not a bad person for these small failures. And everyone messes up and everyone fails. And like, the fact that you're not perfect is okay. We don't, we don't, we love you anyway. That's all I needed to hear, you know, and I, I've never heard that. Um, and it's made it extremely difficult for me, but I'm, I'm self-aware, number one, self-aware, and I'm healing. But it's still hard because you have these subconscious um, actions that drive you without even really realizing it. Even though I'm healing from things and I'm aware, I'm self-aware, I'm still, I still work extremely, extremely hard trying to prove myself without, without trying to, that's just built in me, who I am. And I realize that it's not healthy, but I don't know how to stop it because my self-worth is attached to my work ethic. Um, and so you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of thinking as far as like, why, why even estranged, even with cutting my family out and, and not having that toxicity, who am I trying to prove this to? I'm so scared of not doing good enough. I'm so scared of being the bad kid. I'm so scared of being the bad woman who failed at something or who didn't complete college or 
didn't um, achieve greatness in life. I'm so scared of that because that would validate, you know, my family's what what they made me believe that I was bad, that I wasn't good enough. Um, so if I allow myself to be okay with failure and to be okay with just being happy, it's like it validates all those beliefs, those core beliefs of you're not good enough. Um, and so that's what I, I personally have been working on and it's a struggle and it's real. Like that's a real, I know a lot of people can relate to that. Just you work so hard for what, you know, and I'm not wealthy. I want to be, but I'm working my butt off to, to get to a place of like, so I can be proud of myself. Um, you know, I'm really curious what everyone else is working toward because for me, I'm like, I'm just working toward like achievements. It's not even, I just want to achieve a lot just to prove to myself that I'm good enough, that I'm, I'm not bad, but the thing is, no matter how many achievements, you're always going to have that deep sense of, like, you know, wanting to prove yourself. I think the sad truth of overachievers that we, we all really need to take a look in the mirror and, and face is that most of us are insecure about our achievements. And the thing is, we make other people feel less than because we are so insecure about not being good enough that we surpass others and it's still not good enough. And other people are looking at us like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, and it gets to a point where you are isolated from people because you put your expectations on them as well. And I do that. I've done that. Even in the dating world of, I still do that. And it's good to have expectations. It's good to have high expectations. It is. But not seeing these people as human is, is where you're going wrong. Seeing other people in that same light because you don't feel good enough because you haven't achieved what you want to and you are, are trying so hard to prove yourself you then look at other people and put them on the same exact you know frequency that you're on and it's not that's not how everyone is you got to really take a good hard look in the mirror and recognize that people are people and you know if this person over here is extremely happy but they're you know not doing a job that you think is good enough you are projecting your feelings onto this other person but this person is extremely content this person is extremely happy and very very secure isn't that funny though it's a 
it's a really good thing to, to take a step back and be aware of that. This person over here may not be doing a job that you approve of because you set extremely high expectations for yourself. But also be aware that you project that onto other people because of of your core beliefs about yourself. You're not good enough and no one else is good enough for you. And whether you are saying it or not, people can feel that. Um, I'm very guilty of it, of just, you know, it's good to have high expectations for relationships, but also be aware that people can be completely content and happy um, not doing what you are doing. They're, you know, and you want that. You want to be where they're at, happy and content, secure, but you're not. You're insecure, you're unhappy, and you have this innate drive for more. It's this insatiable need to be better, to prove that I'm good enough. I'm good enough. Well, maybe if I get that degree, I'll be good enough. Well, maybe if I land that job, I'll be good enough. Maybe if I have my nails done and makeup and I have the perfect hair everywhere I go and I drive the G- GMC Yukon and I um, have the kids and I've got the house and the husband and the big ass diamond ring, I'll be good enough, right? No, no, because you, you will have it all and then you'll be sitting in your big ass mansion with your big old diamond ring and your kids and your husband and thinking how it's not enough and what else can you do like to be enough what else can fill your cup up okay so that's kind of how uh scapegoating leads you know that's that's where it leads basically um Fortunately, I was able to walk away from that, but there are a lot of people out there that don't, that, that can't get away, and it is it is extremely toxic, and it's so sad because the thing is, they someone else is always in control of their emotions and their decisions. For me, just in the first couple of months, I was like, I felt free, like, Okay, I don't have to ask for permission. I'm a grown woman who's been living on my own for like 10 years. And even though I'm extremely independent, I still feel the need to be validated by my freaking parents. Okay? And like, just that feeling of relief of like, I can make my own decisions and I don't have to be have that like negative feeling that they don't approve of what I'm doing or like I don't it's just it feels so good to to get away from that and um live my own life and make my own decisions and be truly truly independent in every area of my life so Yes, it's it's been a good journey, but it's tough, and uh, I don't know. I think 
in times like that when you're healing and you're you're trying to figure out which way is up and you're trying to find your north seek god i'm telling you and even if you're not a believer i have sought out god and in, in every hardship of mine and he's always been there um even i'd go months without praying i'd go months without even months questioning you know my religious beliefs but no matter what it always came back to god and every time i needed him i prayed prayed to god that he'd help me and he was there so i pray for anyone going through this um hopefully you can share this with people who have you know toxic families or or whatever um but yeah just have faith trust god and he will get you through it thanks for listening take care